I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. I want to welcome Jamie Seeker to the Leaders and Legacy podcast. Jamie is the owner of Seeker Solution, LLC. It's a business consulting firm that delivers strategic planning, financial management, training and development, human resources, marketing strategy and operations uh, management solutions. She and her team of consultants have used their talents to uh, improve business operations at nonprofits and charities and uh, large franchises, retail, industrial, civic, uh, locally owned private businesses covering multiple industries. Over those years, uh, they have experienced the ups and downs of the economy and apply what they've learned to meet the needs and obstacles that organizations face today. Jamie, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So, you know, as, as we look through that, you know, you're talking about through challenging economies. I think most people would agree that we're in a challenging economy right now. What's what's your take? I think perception is reality. And um, even though some of the numbers might say otherwise or trends, you know, when you're actually studying the economics of what's happening right now, they they might disagree. But at the end of the day, perception is everyone's reality. So they're holding on to their money. They're not spending as much. Um, we're definitely seeing that uh, affecting sales. And so I don't know if it's necessarily economics or just um, consumer habits right now that we're, we're really seeing. And so I think right now it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough time, but I think anybody that's actually been through a true recession knows that we're doing okay right now. Yeah. So, and, and let's kind of pull back and, you know, so we talked about a lot of things that you and your team do. Um, help me make that a little bit more tangible. So what, what are some typical businesses that you work with? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you were kind of reading that intro, it's kind of hard to be like, all right, well, what what is that even? <laughs> kind of sounds like everybody. And I think it's because um, it, it really is. We We haven't had one singular industry that it's like, oh, we work with these people or this. What what our common thread is, is that we do work with small and medium-sized businesses, typically because the services that we offer most fit into those uh, those business sizes. Um, but typically, they're privately owned um, small business owners that are, you know, between like five and fifty employees, maybe like two to ten million in revenue. Uh, but the one common denominator is that owner is still like the main operator and they have their hands in all the details or doing all of the things. And that's where we kind of come in with our operational solutions to kind of help offload some of that. So they may not be at a point where they're ready to hire like a C-level, um, you know, operations person or take over is CEO or anything like that, but they can't possibly do anything more 
and more is coming on their plate and they can see that they're the bottleneck in their company. They can see that they're juggling a lot of things. Typically um, common traits that we see is that they're overwhelmed, overworked, worn out, can't take a vacation. If they do take a vacation, they come back to a bigger mess than they, you know, <laughs> tried to set up. And so it's just this cycle. And um, that's really where our services thrive. And we, um, we really speak um, well to that size and that um, phase of, of company growth. Neat. And so, you know, one thing that I see, you know, I think there's a different stages that owners go through. Uh, there's a stage where they try to hang on to everything and they, they try to be, you know, cook, uh, bottle washer and everything. Um, do you run into resistance when, when you encounter people that they're having trouble letting things go? Yes, that that's also, and that's not just a, um, sometimes trade that's a 100%. And, you know, we have our own standard operating procedures account for that and our processes that we go through and the way that we come in um, with our services absolutely account for that. We're, we're ready. We understand it. I mean, I'm an owner myself, so I, I also uh, am, you know, dealing with that firsthand. Um, but it's also, you know, it's, it's a natural thing. Like this is something that when most business owners uh, start their businesses, it's part of their own identity and it's who they are. And it's not just what they do or, you know, it starts off as a passion or whatever, but it's it's really hard to let go and have somebody else do that because it's not you anymore. Um, and so uh, really, we just help to try to identify what their strengths are and what really fills them and what gives them life and and started their passion in the first place because the reality of the situation is they're probably doing things not because they want to or maybe even good at it um, they may not even probably shouldn't be doing it but the fact is that it's a need and their company um, isn't going to survive if they don't have um, this need to be met and so most times we're able to kind of identify those things with owners and say all right what are the things that are like sucking that life out of you that you know maybe you aren't necessarily as good at, maybe you are good at it. You just don't enjoy it. Um, and, and, and we really start to say, all right, here are some gaps that we can fill for you that if we take this off your plate and you work with us and um, offload some of those things, then how much time and energy is that going to free up from you? And you're opening up your capacity to help to grow your business. So, you know, I mean, that's where we come in with like our HR services and things like that to where it's like, okay, I don't have time to review applications, you know, screen candidates, interview them. I don't even know if I'm good at it. I don't know what questions, I don't know what I'm looking for. And then I hire them, but then I have to train them and I do all these things. And so it's like, okay, is that the best use of your time? Maybe, maybe that is your passion. Maybe that's something you're really, really great at is identifying uh, the right fit for your company and, and, and recruiting, you know, good, good people, but it might not be. And so that's where we have a variety of different operational services like that to say, okay, let's, let's take care of that for you. And, and we'll kind of loop you in into this part of the decision. If you still want to be the end all like decision maker and say, yes, this person can be in this role and this, you know, we're looking at all these other things ahead of time and say, do you really need to do all, you know, from point A to point Z in this whole process, maybe we can offload, you know, three quarters of the way. And then you kind of hop in here. How much, how much more effective would you be as an owner, as a leader, uh, push your company forward if you weren't doing all those things. So the HR thing is just one 
example, but we have other services that kind of, you know, do that. And so I think when you see smaller companies, you have time to do all those things. And, and it's almost like a rite of passage, right? Like as owners, we, we need to, it's like, you know, we got to pay our dues. We got to learn and do it ourselves. And that way we know, you know, what can be done, that expectation. Um, but then anybody like over that size tends to have their key leadership team in place. They do have some organizational structure there and it's not all like only on them, like that one legged, you know, stool that we're looking at that's like asking just to be tipped over. So that's really where that phase in growth and um, what we're looking at with those small to medium sized companies really work well with our services. So as a consultant, the, the, one of the challenges is always you have some brutal honesty you would like to share, but you can't share. Here's your opportunity. If you're talking, if you're if you're talking to leaders, people that you don't, or you know, business owners listening to this podcast, how is them hanging on to things they shouldn't be bad leadership? Well, uh, first, I will say that I think my clients would beg to differ. I think we can and we do say things that maybe they haven't heard before. Maybe people haven't um, held them accountable to doing Um, our take on it is, look, if I'm not making you, you know, a little bit uncomfortable and having these difficult conversations with you, then I'm not doing what you brought me on to do. Um, so it is kind of an easy, it's not like a stretch for me to come out and, uh, say some of these things. Um, so yeah, I think, but, you know, obviously to have somebody else maybe hearing it for the first time, I think it's really, um, gosh, I, I don't know a really good analogy. I, I normally speak in metaphors and analogies cause I think people see it better that way. Um, but I just kind of look at it as, um, you know, we're not trying to come in and do anything that anybody doesn't already know what to do, but just because you do know something doesn't mean you should do it. Right. And it's kind of like, you know, you look at the most elite athletes and the most, um, you know, professional and, and, and high level, high performance, and even they have coaches and they have accountability partners and they have, you know, nutrition and people that are leading and guiding them, not because they don't know what to do. Um, you know, they've been doing it, you know, their whole career or, or whatever it is, but they need that accountability and they need somebody who is an expert, who is focusing and looking, you know, really focused at a very specific thing, like their nutrition or their workout or anything like that. And so that's really kind of what I say is, um, you know, who are you talking to? Who are you leaning on to um, be accountable to the things that you know you need to do? I mean, I know that when I'm in a group, I'm a lot more accountable than when I'm by myself, um, you know, and using that workout analogy or whatever. Um, I'm much more apt to work harder, you know, in a group class than if I'm like, you know, working by myself. Um, and not because I don't work hard or that I don't know what to do. It's just, it, it's just a natural thing. And so I think that's the one thing is that everybody needs support. Um, I don't think we're meant to do any of this alone, but the way that our um, companies are kind of set up is we've started a lot of it by ourselves. And so we're kind of used to this autonomous work environment. Um, but at the same time, when you start to grow, I, and I think this is kind of to answer your question is, if you have other people that are um, working with you, they tend to mirror you as the owner. It's like parents that have children, your children tend to mirror you as the leaders. And so if you are in an authoritative position like that, um, it is your responsibility to really lead um, 
by example. And when you're holding on to things and you're overwhelmed and you're always late to meetings and you're always pushing deadlines and you're always kind of in this chaotic state, guess what? Your company's going to look like that too. And your employees are going to mirror you. Um, and whether it's subconscious or, or not, or, you know, whatever it is, th that is a common trait that we see is typically, you know, the, um, the team and the culture there is really set by the leader that's that's in that position. So I think that's that's really to answer your question. I think that's the most important reason why I would say you've got to you've got to get help and you've got to lean on that, especially if that's the kind of culture you're trying to create. You know, when you were talking, you you, you brought back a memory of a company that I know that was founded by somebody who his greatest thrill is running into the burning building to save the old lady and the cat. You know, and so he runs his business running from fire to fire to fire. And at one point, he brought somebody else in to help bring structure uh, to that business. And I was talking to her and I said, you know, the problem you have is you're trying to change the, you know, change the behavior that he's set in this company. He's setting the that example. And it's exactly what you were talking about. Employees are going to look up to you. And they're going to mimic your behavior because they think, well, that one, they probably respect you. And two, they probably think that's how they get ahead. And so uh, the person that he brought in to bring structure and order eventually quit because he kept on running into burning buildings to save old ladies and cats. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you make a good point there is you said that this is how he is, but this is what he said he wanted. He brought somebody in to bring in structure and order. And so we do a lot of work in that identifying where those discrepancies are and saying, hey, you say you want X, but let me look at your receipts, <laughs> you yeah. know, your time, your money, your account, like everything is spent doing this. So you say you want this, yet this is what is going on. Um, and so we spend a lot of time kind of evaluating that and and reconciling those together and saying, hey, there either needs to be either you need to make the change in behavior. And this is how you do that. And this is our plan and strategy. And we put out very, you know, ex executable stat tasks and accountability measures to make sure that happens. Um, and that takes a long time to kind of turn a ship around. Right. Um or, or there's a level of acceptance that needs to happen here to say, hey, I can see that you're not willing to change. You are fully admitting that you're not willing to change. So maybe we need to accept that this isn't really what you want. So you need to stop saying that and you're going to save yourself and your company a whole lot of grief trying to like, you know, battle between those two um, things and just say, hey, let's, let's accept that this is how we are. Let's accept that and 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 celebrate that that we're different and it's not what I thought it's not what I thought I wanted what I say I want and and I think that's the biggest thing that we see in um, clients that they're not able to do that and I think that that's where the unhappiness comes from that's where you know that everlasting cycle starts to happen and we see the most um, kind of life change really happening either by acceptance or by by uh, behavior change. And so um, so I, I'm a big advocate for it's not change isn't it isn't always the answer. Sometimes acceptance is and and really taking an honest look at like who we truly are and what we truly want, not what we think, you know, 
not what dream we had because this is how we thought it was supposed to be or whatever, but really truly say, look, like you get to decide you are the owner. You have all the cards in your deck. Like, what do you want to do? Because this is what your behavior, this is where your money is being spent. This is where your time is being spent. This is what you default to doing every time. So is this really what you want to do? Because these are things that need to change if you really want this. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's where the basis of a lot of our solutions kind of come in and really decide where our best fit is and how we kind of help with that. But all of those kind of philosophies are ingrained into every single one of our solutions. Um, so we get to see all of that, you know, behavior and, and reaction to it and work, you know, working through it. And like I said, it's not unique to a particular industry, a particular personality or anything like that. I mean, arguably a lot of entrepreneurs have similar personality traits. Um, otherwise they wouldn't be getting into that, but I, I think it's a really common thing that we see with business owners. And, um, and I can't think of any one of our clients that, doesn't fit into that. And like I said, it's, it's more of a, Hey, this is just a given than it is a, um, Oh, what do you, what do you guys come across? You know, it's like, no, this, this is absolutely something that we're prepared for. And we, we, you know, are intentional about uncovering. Um, so hopefully that resonates with, (laughs) with other, they might be like, Oh yeah, I think, I think there's something like that going on around here. (laughs) Well, something you said that resonated with me was where you you bring you try to reconcile you say you want this but I see you doing this and when you said that that took me immediately back uh to a conversation I had almost uh 20 years ago and the person said you want this but you're acting this way do you still want this first thing you said and I said yeah said okay well let's try this different path and the guy saved me so much grief money and just so many things. Um, he was, you know, he was, he was valuable to me. And so I can see where you're valuable to others when you you help them reconcile that. Uh, something else you said, I wanted to touch on this, and then we're going to switch over, talk a little bit more about leadership. You were talking about elite athletes and no kidding. This morning, I was writing something to someone. I said, even Michael Jordan had a coach. Michael Jordan, best basketball player of all time, was made better because of Phil Jackson. And I think that's important for business owners to remember is it's not, you know, bringing in a coach isn't a statement. Um, Unless you think Michael Jordan was insufficient, you should never be afraid of bringing in a coach. Yeah, I think that that's, um, and and we don't necessarily do coaching. I mean, we have, um, actual operational solutions, but I think it's a really good analogy because I think what we try and do, especially, um, business owners is we really try to do it ourselves. Yeah. And, um, because we can, I, I mean, like we are high performing, um, very smart. Like we, a lot of us know what we're doing. Some of us wing it and, that, and we're great doing that too. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I think we just forget that, uh, you know, we're better off in teams. I, I really believe that. I think we were created with all different, um, you know, traits and strengths and things like that, because I think that in, by design, I think we're supposed to be working with other people and other people's strengths can counter, you know, your weaknesses or your gaps or wherever, um, or just your preferences, you know? And so I think that that's what I've found 
really with my team and in working with a lot of teams, um, you know, I think it's really important. So pivoting a little bit, you know, this is Leaders and Legacies podcast. And one of two questions that we'd like to ask. One, what are you doing from a leadership position to make an impact beyond yourself? You know, to make sure that you're not that one irreplaceable leader that, um, and the second question is, like you remember a white knuckled moment in business where you had to make a leadership decision. It was scary. It was tough. You weren't sure how it was going to work out. And, but you just charge forward. Sure. Okay. So the first is, I think um, I've kind of been on this journey a little bit on my own. And I think it's, um, I think it's being replaceable. First of all, Uh, it's replacing myself with those that can do things maybe better than me or, uh, you know, just as good or whatever, basically filling needs that um, I once filled in my company, kind of going through that journey myself. And, um, and, you know, this exactly what we've been talking about, kind of this whole conversation is, you know, I started off as a consultant by myself with, I mean, all the clients on my roster just went to me and I, I kind of got to the point where I was at capacity and needed to grow that. So, um, hired on some other consultants to work with me and, um, you know, started growing their rosters and whatnot. And I got to a point where, um, you know, we were just at a comfortable place and I had to decide, um, really what my role was going to be and how, how, what's the best way to move my company forward. And I think what I, what my team needed from me was more of me. Um, they needed me to help, um, give them resources, um, you know, kind of train them into this way of, uh, like the vision that I had for the company, how we wanted to deliver our services. But I couldn't exactly do that if my calendar was full of client appointments and, and really working on these accounts. And so I had to replace me as being a consultant, um, and really like shift my role as to uh, training and, and developing and being um, a resource and available to my team. Um, so I think that's that's really the first one is like, I can't, I can't keep, you know, I have to, in order to lead, I have to kind of back out of what I started off doing and really train them to take over and do that, you know, for the company. Um, and I can say that this, that I successfully did that within the last couple of months. So I'm in this new journey now where I have no clients on my roster, not to say that I'm not involved with any accounts or anything. Um, we definitely saw those relationships, but, you know, we just kind of grandfathered people in. And as we got new, just assigned them to the new consultants and, um, kind of built up their rosters and their accounts and really just kind of stepped away from, from doing that. And, that was a big step. So I think that's, you know, to answer question number one, it's, um, it's everyone is replaceable, like even yourself. And so how can we, if, if there's a need that's, that's not being met, or we, you don't have that kind of resource within your company, how can you train or, or fill that so that it's not completely and heavily reliant upon you or one person in the company? Um, I think that's the biggest thing is, is. Yeah, and and something yeah, and something you said that I, I just really want to highlight, you said that your team needed more of you. And I think that can be a stumbling block for a lot of business owners 
because you start off with no support. You go, you know, you go some period of time, maybe it's several years without support. And you have this kind of baked in assumption. Well, I figured it out. It's up to you. I hired you to figure this out. And I think it's a, I, I think it's a blind spot for a lot of business owners that your, your team does need you. So I really appreciate you highlighting that. Yeah. And then remind me of question two. I think you were talking about my white knuckle moment and yeah. kind of how we, well, I don't know if it was a decision or anything that I made, but it was just definitely a white knuckle moment. And it was definitely a big change um, for me um, that was eye-opening. And I think the biggest thing was, you know, I kind of talked about before this being um, our identity and like my, my company is me. And I think um, I'm a very relational person and I care a lot about, um, you know, the really like who I work with and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I think one of the things that I had to learn is that just because I was willing to go through a tough relational situation uh, within my company. Um, it was really, um, gosh, how, how do I say this? I had to really, it, it wasn't until hindsight looking back to say, I also was then making my employees willing to go through it with me too, if that makes sense. So it wasn't, it was, it was definitely difficult relationally. Um, it was definitely difficult from a working standpoint and all that kind of stuff, but I was willing to do it because that's how I am in my relationship. Like I'm not, I don't shy away from anything that's hard. I have tough conversations. I knew I was willing to come to the table, you know, and kind of go through everything. Um, and at the end of the day, what I realized is that I was signing everyone else up for it too, which wasn't necessarily fair. So as a leader, you know, maybe that, that wasn't the best decision, but I wasn't quite thinking of it that way. Um, and then number two, um, because I had a relationship, I was kind of unwilling or just had that blind spot. Like you said, mine was that they were not on the same. Um, we, 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 uh, one of our philosophies in hiring is that we hire for, um, shared values. We hire for shared, uh, philosophies and we train up for skill set and, and the need of, of, the company, right? And so I've, I'm all about that too. And I'm looking for people that share values and whatnot. And my my blind spot was because I had a relationship and love for um, for that person and that relationship. Um, it took me a real, really long time, and it wasn't until they were gone to say, well, they didn't share my values. They didn't share any like they weren't really really willing to to. Um, open up perspectives and see things other ways. And it, and it was really the rest of my team that had to bring that to my attention and say, look like this, they didn't have the same values as us. They didn't, you know, and it was like, man. And so whether it's a client or, or an employee or, you know, anybody that you're working with relationally, sometimes it's hard for you to see that you don't share values and that's more detrimental to you and your company um, then sometimes, and, and if, if the relationship really is as strong as and important, then you can move on from working together in business and, uh, continue on with that relationship. And that's something that I had to learn. And, you know, I'm not saying I, I don't, I didn't necessarily make that decision intentionally. It just kind of panned out that way. 
Um, but it was definitely a white knuckle lesson learned kind of the hard way. Um, so I don't know if I, that was very vague and not very specific because I, I do, I do care so much about, you know, the relationships and things like that and, um, all that kind of stuff, but hopefully there was enough in there where you can see what I was really trying to say. And that sometimes your relationship clouds your own vision and your own, um, discernment into what's best for your company. And you think because, you know, because it's been so long or whatever the reasons, uh, you know, they're, they're good or whatever it is that it's like, yeah, but you're sacrificing, you know, everything that you are and values are something that you just can't negotiate on. Um, so that, that's something that I had to learn in my, my time being an owner. Well, that's, that's so powerful. And, uh, and I appreciate your transparency. I think, I think folks listening will take a lot away from that because it's what you described was a very transparent journey of, of, of making mistakes and learning from that. And that's, uh, that's something we all have to do. Um, Jamie, this has been so wonderful. Thank you uh, for coming. How can people find you? Um, they can go to our website, uh, seekersolution.com. Um, you know, just kind of learning more about uh, what we do and how we do it. And if it's still not even really clear, because I think people have a hard time with outsourced operations. I think people really understand like, okay, I, I hire out for an attorney. Like I don't hire them in, internally. Like, you know what I mean? Or I hire a, an outsourced CPA, but to say, oh, I outsource, you know, my operations. Like that's so, I, I don't understand that, but it, it's really the same way. Um, so if you want to learn more, you can check out our website, um, our phone numbers on there. So even just giving us a call um, or even just setting up a breakthrough um, call with us, which is something that we offer as well. And it's what that is, is just you can go onto our website, um, go on to contact us, fill out a form, and um, they can set up a time to talk to us about what obstacles they're facing in their company and really just kind of uh, work through that in a quick um, session with us. And how much is that breakthrough call? Well, normally it would be 250, but it's something that we offer to anybody that can find us on the web or, you know, just wants to learn more. And especially if they're hearing about it through this podcast, they don't need to enter in any code or anything. We we decided to offer that as a promotional, you know, hey, just get to know us and we can talk to you about anything that, you know, you're going through. And if you want more information, then great, we can go from there. Well, I would say to anybody that's listening, it's hard for me to envision the downside of not <laughs> jumping on that call. So I sure. want to encourage everybody to reach out and do that. Uh, Jamie, thank you once again. Sure. Thanks for having me, Craig. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag leaders and legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up 
Ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.